welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my daughter, Aaliyah, and my friend, Rivka. And this is a podcast where we talk about the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How are you today, Aaliyah? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing great. Do you have any brand new music recommendations for us today? Um. Well, my brother... Uh, and I have a jazz video game cover playlist, <laughs> and he recently added a bunch of songs from this game called Persona 5. I don't actually know the game very well, but the soundtrack is very good, so I've been listening to a lot of that lately. Okay, awesome. I love that in the modern era, you can get these super you know, niche uh, musical styles. Like it's not just jazz. It's not just video game music. It's jazz covers of video game music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so very specific. Um, Rivka, how have you been? I've been great. Awesome. Anything good that happened to you this week that you want to share with us? Well, I ran across a book that I've really been enjoying uh, written by James Nestor. It's called Breath. I don't know. Have you heard of it? I have not. The New Science of a Lost Art. And he's a journalist who kind of went on a discovery journey and self-discovery journey with breathing. He'd had breathing issues his whole life. And so then ended up doing a lot of research and participating in studies um, that that are happening right now, showing the Um, importance of not just like we need to breathe to stay alive, but that the way we do it makes a difference in our health. And so it's been a really fascinating book to read. Cool. That seems to be sort of a a more popular topic lately. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, we have a special guest with us today. It's a dear friend of mine named John. John, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Uh, Good. Thanks, Todd. Glad to be here. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, how do we know each other, John? Oh, man. Let's see. So I guess, yeah, we were in, uh, well, let's see, that would be your transitional presidency, right? We were yep. in the, a branch briefly at the same time we were. And um, I think we didn't know you were short timers. So we just, you know, charged forward like you were a new family that wasn't going <laughs> to just abandon us. Um, <laughs> But that's okay. It all came around and we're in the same place yet again. And That's true. And in the small world of the church, you actually knew my brother before you knew me, but uh, the last laugh is on him because we're better friends now. So, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> John, do you have any favorite general conference um, traditions that you and your family do, or maybe a, a memory of general conference that you love? Um, I, yes, we have a t- tradition and it's... Uh, I don't know that it's ironic because you don't have to drink coffee with coffee cake. You can just enjoy coffee cake with no coffee involved. So that's what we do. <laughs> okay. So you have coffee cake on general conference weekend. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I love it. Living on the edge there. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, glad to have everybody here today and glad to have you as a guest, John. I'm going to open it up a little bit and say, has anyone followed up or been working on any of the challenges or invitations from one of the recent podcasts we've done? I've been working on uh, being better about trying to figure out what the next right thing is for some different areas of my life, um, which has been helpful this week for me in prioritizing. So that's the one I've been working on. Awesome. I love that. And that came from Elder Whiting's talk. Yes. 
Aaliyah, do you have anything that you've been thinking about in terms of those challenges? Um, well, I've been trying to work on developing Christ-like attributes, which I think is also from Elder <laughs> Whiting's talk. Um, but I've been working on like humility and being willing to submit to the God to Heavenly Father's will. And um, so I've been doing that a little bit this past week. Okay, awesome. Well, keep thinking of those. I, I love the challenges or invitations that often come with these talks from the speaker or the ones that we add in at the end, just because it sort of focuses, um, you know, actions after the thoughts in order to, uh, to make changes little by little. So, well, today we're going to talk about the talk, Seek Christ in Every Thought by Elder Ulysses Soares. And um, hopefully I pronounce that close to correct. And so let's just start out uh, by anybody who wants to uh, telling us what your general impressions were of this talk as you read it again. Well, Ulysses is an awesome name. I just want to throw that out first. I agree. That's pretty incredible. No, um, so there, there is, um, for me, a, the most interesting thing was um and, and so in in the oh gosh it's almost just like at the meridian of the talk like right in the middle we're talking about some of the you know the um the promises and blessings that come from um from aligning our heart with with god and then and then there's just this kind of in-depth interesting discussion around um lust and you would think oh gosh if this is a lesson on having, you know, you know, having our thoughts be good, then that seems like a really obvious connection. But then once, you know, in the talk, when it gets into the, uh, you know, we actually go quite a bit further about, you know, actually what, what lust is and that it's like encompasses things like wrath and, uh, oh, and what else was in that list? It was like wrath and, um, oh, it's like uh, jealousy, lasciviousness. I had to look up what that was and Google it. You know, so we have this like cool, you know, like in-depth discussion about um, really the selfishness of, you know, like imagining ourselves in selfish dimensions in so many different dimensions, and then to come back and say, right, that we 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 can't be doing that, right, that our hearts shouldn't be unlustful things in the many dimensions of which it exists, and instead should be on godly things, selfless things, and. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that that really, you know, it was yeah, it just was kind of surprised me that it was like totally expected and then suddenly completely unexpected because I had you know expanded my understanding of something very simple that you know you you kind of just pass it and think you get it and then it turns out no, there's a lot going on because you know a prophet takes the time to point it out to you. Right. So essentially, <clears throat> from a from an overview perspective, this sort of encompasses the idea that we um, get rid of, you know, the the natural man thoughts and encourage the thoughts that come from the spirit or, um, you know, from the Lord. And then a more specific sense, you know, he got to lust and that, you know, we think of that most often in terms of a sexual relationship, adultery, these really, you know, sort of intense um uh, you know, big 
the sins. And I, I think he refers to one, you know, uh, in another part of the talk, but then he broadens that to the whole natural man. And uh, I'll just read the little part where he quoted Paul that you were talking about. John, he said, unclean, uncleanness, lasciviousness, hatred, wrath, strife, envyings, and such like. So he really broadens it. So, so the part where he sort of broadened that word out to mean any sort of selfish, um, self-directed thought that was, that really jumped out to you, John. Yeah. You know, I was imagining, you know, you know, I'm like, you know, if I'm in conflict with someone at work and I'm just sitting around thinking about how I can use malicious compliance to make their life just unpleasant because they deserve it, right? That, that would be lust in this way. And it would be bad, right? That we need to school our feelings and thoughts that way. I mean, and that, that makes me think a lot more about, like, okay, now, really, what are the things that I'm thinking that I think are fine? You know, like if I'm getting mad at stuff on Twitter, is that actually really violating this principle? And yeah, I think it is. Yeah. At the first line of that paragraph, he says, Moroni reminded his people not to be consumed by their lust. So maybe we can broadly define lust as anything that, uh, you know, unhealthily consumes you. So... Um, awesome. Thanks, John. Aliyah or Rivka, any, anything that stuck out to you as the general theme or, uh, or ideas of the talk? For me, a lot of this talk, um, it, it just kind of gave me this idea that like we need to commit to not letting um, one thought or, you know, smaller action lead us down a path that would, you know, make things worse. So near the end, um, he says that he he wants all of us to say no and get the hence to all things that might bring unhappiness into our life. And um, I've I haven't actually done any like, I don't know, official martial arts training, but in Young Women's a couple times we had some people come in and help us do some self-defense stuff, just like basic things. And one of the first things that they always teach you in every single lesson that we ever did was to just shout no and go away and, you know, just like yell <laughs> as loud as you can. Hmm. And um, it's an interesting thought that like, if someone is physically attacking you, you're not just going to sit and do nothing, right? You're going to fight back and you're going to yell. And so if there are thoughts that are that are attacking you, then you can do the same in your mind. I don't know, maybe screaming out loud would help, but <laughs> um, maybe in your head, just saying things like no and get the hence to those thoughts because you don't want them to be there. And so why not fight back, I guess. So that was one thing that I noticed. Awesome. So uh, I like how you put it. That's a, a bit more of an aggressive way to think about it. Fighting, you know, fighting a battle against these thoughts. So mm -hmm. really a when you get attacked by them to really attack back and then and, and fight back. Yeah. Awesome. You know, you know, that reminds me of like, you know, thinking about, you know, the error of a few degrees airplane story, right? The elder Uchtdorf mm -hmm. thing mm. where, you know, it's like that moment where you drift just slightly is super, super crucial. If you don't do a course correction, like at any moment, right. If you get off course, and travel, you know, a third of a mile and just recorrect back, it's fine. But it's, you know, staying in that misaimed thing, persisting in it, right? Like, I had this bad thought, and then I stuck with it over and over and over again. And suddenly you end up, you know, in Antarctica or wherever the 
yeah. <laughs> the, the where you weren't planning to go is is. Yeah, and, and uh, that's kind of what you led with there, Leah, was talking about these little things. And I'm usually sort of a don't sweat the small stuff kind of guy, and and uh, you know don't make a mountain out of a molehill. But I, I think he's saying, you know, in the gospel. We sweat the small stuff and we keep keep working on it and beware of molehills that can turn into mountains over time. Uh, Rivka, what what quotes mm-hmm. from this talk really spoke to you? Well, what you were just saying there um, reminded me of something he said in this. He said, when we resist the little temptations, which often come unexpectedly in our life, we are better equipped to avoid serious transgressions. Um, and then quotes President Kimball, um, and just at the end of President Kimball's quote, he said, a clean field does not suddenly become weedy. And it's that idea of um, what you're saying, like actually watching for those little things is important because it's easy to clean them out when they're little. And it's really difficult to clean them out when you've got a whole field of them. Um, So sometimes the small things are important. But one of the things that um, I uh, was thinking as I read through this talk, I right in the middle of it, just before, um, John's right in the middle of it. He says, during a particularly difficult time when Joseph Smith and his fellow prisoners in Liberty Jail did not have freedom in anything, anything except for their thoughts, the Lord provided helpful counsel. And then he quotes um, the scripture about letting your bowels be full of charity and let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. And it had not struck me before that the way he says this, that they did not have freedom in anything except for their thoughts. And in that situation, it's really easy to see that they really didn't, they were, they were literally captives, but I think we are in situations like that far more than we would like to admit because we all like to think we have some semblance of control over what happens in our lives. We don't always, uh, you know, there's a lot in this last year or so that has taught us that we don't always get to control what is happening or the consequences of what goes on. Um, but we do always have control over our thoughts. As I thought about it this week and kind of pondered this, thoughts can be a tricky thing because we very often identify with our thoughts. You know, they're ours. So if I think this, it must be because that's you know, who I am or how I feel or what I think. But my experience has taught me that that's not always the case. We are very influenced by our natural man tendencies and the natural man has inappropriate thoughts and has inappropriate desires, but it doesn't mean that our spirits and our souls need to embrace those or allow them to continue, right? Elder Suarez says when... um inappropriate thoughts may penetrate our mind when such thoughts are permitted and even invited to stay, they can shape the desire of our hearts. So we do have total control over um, our reaction to thoughts that may pop up in our head and whether or not we choose to kick them out or push them away, like Aaliyah was saying, or if we invite them in to, you know, come and visit and chat with us for a while. And uh, that can make all the difference what we choose to do there when it's an inappropriate thought. And that can be really hard when, you know, the appeal of the inappropriate thought to our natural man feels stronger sometimes than our um, our spirit and desire to do good. Push yeah. You know, that balance can, can be off sometimes depending on what we're doing. So 
that's kind of what I was thinking about as I read through that this week. Yeah, I, I love that, Rivka. And those thoughts are so easy to give into, even if we're not talking about something huge or serious, even if the thought is just um, self-indulgent, like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't need to do my ministering this month. I'm just going to, um, you know, take a Sunday nap or whatever, whatever the case may be. It's something small, seems yeah. insignificant, but over time, yeah. you know, can build up. So. It can. It can be pity parties. One of the things that occurred to me as I was reading through that list from Paul, when it's he said the word hatred, and as I thought about that, I thought really hatred is the result of our unwillingness to forgive someone mm. or something, and that can be that can be a very detrimental thing. But we don't often want we don't often want to forgive when we've been injured. You know, so that yeah. can be one of those inappropriate thoughts or inappropriate desires that we invite to stay. Right. Which is, you know, John mentioned Twitter, you know, that's a place filled with lots of yeah. uh, unforgiving, unforgiving, you know, situations and tweets. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's an easy place to get caught up in hatred. Mm-hmm. Um, just a side note here. This is the third. We, this is our ninth talk we've talked about, or maybe this is the eighth one. But uh, this is the third one that's talked about Liberty Jail. And to me, I was, I mean, what a theme that's gone through the conference so far. So it's probably important for us to learn from it. So something that, you know, I guess stuck out to me as I was reading this is I, you know, I think about um, right in the, right in the, in the pre-mortal existence, we had, you know, I guess a plan that was presented right and we some people right chose to accept the plan including the difficulties that came with it and some didn't and that right and that's all ahead of anything that actually happened right this is you know like i guess there's you know there's that's i mean in a way that's mental right it's like a creation in the mind of god the, the the plan of salvation and then you know we had you know some of us will accept the idea of it but then you know, struggle and the actual implementation when we're down here. And I think there's a connection with um, just like the nature nature of what creation means, that there's this organization connection, right? That the earth didn't appear out of nothing. It was organized from, but that's, that's there's planning and thought that goes into then creating it, right? And so, um, right, there's just a lot, there's this, just a thread, I think, throughout, the gospel and the plan of salvation around, you know, that the things happen, I mean, almost always happen mentally first, right? That there's like a, uh, that, that the thought part then becomes the, the actual, right? Like the, the physical comes from the, the, the planned thought first. And so, um, that's, um, that's, I don't, yeah, I don't know. So, you know, we're right. If our, if our thoughts are, are, are unholy or, or corrupted that, you know, I guess then leads to corruption later in the same way that all of this planning leads to, you know, the beauty of the resurrection and the power of the atonement. Yeah. So that mental part can, can lead to the positive or the negative. Mm-hmm. Well, Elder Suarez so, quotes from Elder Maxwell, Elder Maxwell at the beginning, um, he said, Elder Neil and Maxwell once emphasized 
this principle that you're talking about by saying desires determine the gradations and outcomes, including why many are called, but few are chosen. And I, um, I dug a little into that because that scripture, many are called, but few are chosen. You know, I've heard that like a bazillion times through my whole life. Um, and right. I, I thought, so what's the difference between called and chosen? And as I did some study through footnotes and different things like that, because we've been studying the Doctrine and Covenants, right? And we keep hearing all these people. If you have a desire, you're called to the work. If you have a desire, you're called to the work. Everybody who wants to work can come and be called. Um, and, and that is an open invitation to everyone. So we're all being called, but few are being chosen. Now I've got to look up the scripture. Rivka, in the Doctrine and Covenants, instead of chosen in the chapters we just read, it often says, then you need to qualify, but it might be yes. similar thing. So. Yeah. So I was looking at the footnote on chosen from this talk, and it goes to, let's see, uh, section 95 of the Doctrine and Covenants. I should have had this pulled up, but I'm pulling it up right now. Um, and it says, there are many who have been ordained among you who I have called, but few of them are chosen. And he says, they who are not chosen have sinned a very grievous sin and that they are walking in darkness at noonday. So again, I went to the footnote and are chosen. And in section 105 of the Doctrine and Covenants, it says, there has been a day of calling, which I feel like is what we're in right now. There's been a day of calling, but the time has come for a day of choosing. And let those be chosen that are worthy, and it shall be manifest unto my servant by the voice of the Spirit, those that are chosen, and they shall be sanctified. So as I did this study, I, I came to realize that receiving the call and even qualifying to do the work is one thing, and then sticking with it diligently. In this other Suarez, he in the middle, he uses things like a daily and constant personal effort, reliance on the Savior, takes a lifetime of diligence and faithfulness. But then the choosing happens when we are called up unto the Lord and sanctified and resurrected and celestialized. So that was helpful to me. So desires determine the gradations and outcomes. And that so our thoughts and our desires and the way we choose to let our thoughts influence us will have a direct outcome on what our eternal lives look like. Awesome. Thanks, Rivka. So now the question for me is, um, and it sort of leads off what you were just saying, Rivka. So how do we make this choice? So when we're we're in our daily, you know, lives and we're sitting at our computers or doing whatever we're doing, and something we don't like comes into our head, and that can be any of the things we've talked about. How do we how do we tell that to go away? How do we get rid of it? Um, I would say that one thing that we can do is ask the Lord for help. Because in the talk, he says, um, please know that the Lord is ready to assist us in our personal efforts and promises remarkable blessings if we endure to the end. So I think um, praying daily, multiple times, praying when you have the thoughts, um, maybe, I know for me, I've done some more kind of meditation type stuff recently. And it's helped me be more aware of looking at my thoughts from almost like an outside perspective. And I think that can help too. And to just, you know, like, I think, uh, I think it might've been Todd that said this, but um, like those thoughts don't 
necessarily define you like the natural man has um some influence and so we can ask for help to to overcome those thoughts and to look at them from a different perspective it's weird when you say todd by the way (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so we we you tied up a few things here so first of all we talked about how so many talks had referred to liberty jail this is yet another talk that talked about enduring to the end Mm-hmm. And then Rivka started by talking about the book about breathing and you've been doing this meditating. And I think mm-hmm. maybe an old school way of saying meditating would be pondering, you know, but, but I think with a little more structure and uh, maybe technique and I'm, I'm trying that app eventually here, Aaliyah, I promise I downloaded it <laughs> um, as I, as I work on my stillness, but uh, yeah. So sort of meditating on that, understanding that those thoughts aren't coming from necessarily you who you are and they don't define you and then asking the lord to help you remove them and overcome them does that sum up what you were what you were saying Aaliyah? yep awesome has any have any of the three of you had an experience where you've had you know some thoughts that you've worked on really wanted to change and you've successfully done that i've definitely had experiences when the inappropriate thoughts that I've had have been self-directed or it's come in the form of, um, you know, personal attacks on myself or degrading thoughts. And I think all of us as humans deal with that. I know, you know, women struggle with this, especially, and having to confront myself as, you know, like the whole battle is within myself that I'm having these thoughts about a child of God who is myself that I, that I shouldn't be having and having to pray to the Lord and say like, look, I'm really struggling with this, struggling with these thoughts, you know, about myself or critiques about myself that, um, that are, are damaging. They're stopping me from progressing or being able to do things. And can you help me, help me to see me the way you see me or help me to know, you know, where I need to improve if there's improvement that needs to be done. That's, genuine and not just I'm you know trying to please some less worthy source to please than God so that's similar to what Aaliyah just mentioned sort of spending time pondering on it or meditating about it and asking the Lord Lord for help yeah I don't think we can do it without him I don't think I don't think there's any way I I agree um Again, maybe I'm just showing my age here, but when I was a missionary, the the old saying was to sing a hymn, you know, and I think um, broadening that out to just uplifting music um, is a way that helps me to keep my thoughts focused and, um, you know, on on appropriate things. So I know that I like to use music. What else? What other ways? So asking the Lord, pondering, using music, are there any other ways that that each of you use to to keep your thoughts um, where you want them to be? So, yeah, I have a really sort of silly little ritual. This is like the just-in-time emergency ritual. Um, so the, it, when I was in seminary, right, and I think many people have seen it, it was like the video where there's the room and everything's white and people are hanging out in the white room and then some, like, you know, super edgy teenagers show up with a video and it starts spewing tar out the VCR. And oh yeah, I remember on, that. Right, right. I mean, it's just very, very compelling imagery. So, um, so yeah, if I, 
I uh, I have like that. I'm like it's sort of like I'm imagining the tar in the room. Like, okay, this is not. I don't want to have this room. And then I sort of do like a, you know, it's almost like a a mind stone thing. You know, like the time where you're the time stone where you're rewinding time, and I'm playing this video backwards. Like, nope, out of the room. <laughs> you know, like tar goes back to the VCR. Like we're gonna squeegee all the black stuff, and it's just is gonna disappear. And and that's like pretty complicated. So by the time you like you know unwound this elaborate <laughs> mental story it's like yeah and what was like you know it's like it's you know, whatever it was it's like, you know that's like silly but it, you know it yeah for me it works it's just i don't know it's just something really interesting to do right a lot of it you know there's you know they this the idle mind sometimes right like if you just you know if you don't have yeah. active positive things happening in your life that's when probably the natural man comes in so it's just you know it's a uh, and i mean and i've seen things too but I, you know, I have more fun with un- untarring things, I guess. Yeah. Thanks, John. That, that is totally awesome. I love the idea of like Dr. Strange in your mind, like rotating is, <laughs> you know, the time stone around and all of a sudden all the tar comes back out and everything's clean and white. I can even hear the song from that, that video. So very, that was powerful imagery, I guess. And you triggered something else in my mind that, you know, I, we've talked about this on a different episode, but I, something that helps me as well is doing something. So, you know, I, I like the idea of Latter-day Saint also standing for let's do something. So if I'm just sitting around and maybe that's why I'm bad at stillness, I need to change that. So my stillness can be positive, but if I'm just sitting around sort of wallowing, then, then nothing good comes of that. I, I need to be out working. So, um, any last thoughts before we finish up this talk? No, I, I, you know, it's, it's amazing how much there is, I mean, it's, it's pretty short, I think, right. But there's so much in it there, you know, I I just felt like this was an example of a talk that really set out to do one thing in particular and, and did it really well. And, you know, not that we pass judgment on the words of the prophets, but I just, I appreciated the, I mean, just like it, it hit really hard, I guess. Yeah. Oh, what do the kids say, Leah? This one hit different. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It hits different. <laughs> so for me, this was a very powerful talk again, because it goes sort of against my big picture, um, not a detail oriented uh, personality to, to just really drive home the point of like those little details in the gospel, they matter and they'll matter over time and they'll, they'll build up if you don't, you know, address them right away. So he goes uh, against the grain here and he leaves his promise in the middle of his talk instead of at the end. And he says, my beloved brothers and sisters, I testify that as we rely upon the rock of salvation, the savior of our souls and follow Moroni's counsel, our ability to control our thoughts will increase significantly. I can assure you that our spiritual maturity will grow at an increasing pace changing our heart, making us more like Jesus Christ. Additionally, the influence of the Holy Ghost will be more intense and continuous in our life. Then the enemy's temptations, little by little, will lose their power over us, resulting in a happier and more pure and consecrated life. That is a very powerful promise. And instead of just sort of one sentence or a brief, you know, I promise if you do this, then this will happen. You know, this has layers of complexity here. And really just this paragraph, you know, we could revisit over and over. 
Um, but I, I love how he really, with the promise, emphasizes the length of time that this takes, where, you know, increasing pace and little by little, he's using words like that and continuous. Um, and I, to me, that was a really powerful promise that he received. So as part of that promise, he didn't necessarily leave a challenge, but I think to me, the challenge or invitation is pretty obvious to seek out and, uh, and find one of those thoughts that's been dwelling in your mind that you haven't rooted out or weeded out and address it and find out ways that, that work for you to overcome it and ask the Lord for help. And whether that's meditating or pondering or music or uh, using an infinity stone, like whatever method works for you, figure that out and find a way to address that, uh, that thought that's been weighing on you. So um, now, thanks for joining us, everybody. Aaliyah, can you tell people how to get a hold of us? Absolutely. We have a Facebook, a Instagram, and a Twitter, and all of those are Words of the Pro- Words of the Prophets podcast. <laughs> and um, just rewind with re- the time stone, Aaliyah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish. Um, yeah. So it's Words of the Prophets podcast on all three of those, and then you can also email us at Words of the Prophets podcast at gmail dot com. And uh, feel free to message us through any of those means, and we'll get back to you. Awesome. And if you ever want to join us, uh, please suggest uh, one of the talks from recent conference that really was meaningful to you, and we'd love to have you on. Our next talk that we'll be talking about is Eyes to See by Michelle Craig. And so thanks for joining us, everybody, today. And until next time, keep the faith.